Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision Podcast. This is episode 60, guys. It's Kentucky week as we travel to the Bluegrass State, man, to take on Mark Stoops. And then Kentucky Wildcats, as always, I'm your boy Hirsch. With me, CJ, the man, McCann. What's up, guys? And, of course, the hype man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? What's good? Yes, sir, Gator Nation. Sorry we didn't do a raw, raw reaction from last week. We had some personal stuff going on. I was a little under the weather. Um, and honestly, after a game like that, we didn't have a whole lot of positive things to say. You know how it is. Not a whole lot of fans had a lot of good things to say coming out of that game. So we thought it was best just to move on to Kentucky week. So here we go. As always, guys, make sure you go out download us wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, guys, you like what you see, you like what you hear, go ahead, drop a subscribe on the channel, man. It helps us out a great bit. Give us a like on the video. Drop a comment down below what you think the final score of the Kentucky game will be. Hopefully it's a W. I see no reason why it shouldn't be, guys. But let's talk about some recruiting real quick before we jump into Kentucky week. Um, Didn't have a whole lot of stuff. Stats from from Friday night, like we usually do on our players, but I did want to cover DJ Lagway's season thus far. We've got the total numbers that DJ Lagway has put up so far this season, and I want to just cover that real quick. And let's talk about a, a lot of people like Charles Powers from On Three. One of the, his comments he made prior to you know before the season was he wanted to see how DJ performed in his senior season. Um, if the young man hasn't exceeded expectations, I don't know what to do for you. 
This Friday's game, he was 18 of 24, six touchdowns, 335 yards, six carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. His team went on to win 62 to, I believe, it was 13. Um, on the season, DJ Lagway is 98 of 133 passing for 1,840 yards, 28 touchdowns against three interceptions, and his team is 5-0. and uh, Wes, I'll start with you. I usually, you know, I start with CJ on this. Is, is DJ Lagway exceeding all the expectations you had for him in this high school season, getting ready to obviously head to Gainesville after this, after his senior year? I mean, Hirsch, I was so excited when we got the guy last year uh, in the fold. We talked about him being the uh, forefront of the class, the class leader. And you and, and you know we were thinking like, okay, we got our guy. Uh, he may be a top five, top three quarterback in the class, but I didn't, I didn't see this. I'll be lying if I told you, Hirsch. Like I saw this, like twenty eight and three. Uh, and I don't know if that was a clue because when I saw the stats, I, I, I meant to dig, dig, dig deeper and find out if those included his rushing stats as far as I do not believe those. I do not believe those numbers include the rushing touchdowns. Exactly, of and which I'm, he has like six to eight. I don't even know the total number. Yeah, and it's it is stupid. Like these are video. These are games you play on Madden or back when NCAA was out. You play on you like this is ridiculous. What he's doing with the numbers he's putting up. I don't know how you could – he's putting up Joe Burrow. Uh, I think Dwayne Haskins had uh, 50 touchdowns when he was at Ohio State. Like, he's putting up Kyle Trask. Like, these guys that put up these astronomical numbers. And you see these numbers in high school, but it's never tw- – 28-3 and three is a great freaking season. And this is only five hmm. games. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I didn't, I didn't see this. Um, he's adding more pressure to himself because uh, the, the casual fans – uh, the diehard fans like myself, I'm now I'm expecting more because I see the progression. Uh, we know the kid's character. The kid is a phenomenal human being, uh, not just a football player. Off the off the field, you can tell his demeanor. You can see his parents uh, until he, he was raised the right way. Um, he's who you would want to be your face of your franchise, whether that's in college, whether it's in high school, whether it's in NFL, if he you know projects to that point. But he has all the makings of that, uh, the intangibles. Uh, if if you will, and the on field talent is there as well. So I mean, he's everything and more. So I never saw this, and I love everything I'm seeing from him. Um, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. Um, I'm still wanting the camp, uh, especially what Graham Mertz has showed me this year. Um, that I hope Mertz comes back, that he doesn't have to face that daunting schedule that we have next year. I don't want him playing as a true freshman. I would rather him come in, you know, time time and get some experience. I want to be on the winning team. My fault. <laughs> yeah, but but I don't want him starting uh, the season next year. I would rather him play as a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore. But um, yeah, I love everything from DJ man. Like this is if I had the body of a, a true QB one, the talent and the intangibles, he's all of that. CJ, what are your thoughts on the season that DJ's having so far? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, he's had a great season. Uh, he's cleaned up some of the issues. I think people that have had you know, prior was, you know, the interceptions and the completion percentage. And now he's pretty well got that under control. So what, what, there's really no knock on him. What, what is, what is the knock? I mean, he <laughs> plays in Texas against the best competition in the country. Um, 
you know, he, he's playing in a high level of, you know, Texas football, where if football is king, you know, they produce the best athletes probably bar none, I think, in the country. I think, you know, Texas, you know, I, lo- I know people love Florida and, you know, California gets love, but Texas to me produces the best football players uh, every year. So you're playing against the best. Um, he's dominating. He's beating teams with winning records. I understand the early season game, and everybody's like, "Oh, they're not that good." Da, 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 da. You know, and he's still he's still going. He's still putting up these massive numbers. Like I said, and like you know, West said, twenty eight and three for a season is an insane stat. But you look at you look at this. We're not even. We're just halfway through the high school season, so he's still got another half to go. And if he keeps on the same trajectory, there's no telling he could have a fifty touchdown season. Um, he could even do 60 with his rushing touchdowns and that's ridiculous stuff. Um, I think we're all excited for, for DJ to get here. Um, you know, he's, he's, again, I haven't been this excited about a quarterback prospect in a long, long, long time. I mean, this is, this is as good as it gets, you know, get him here and, you know, get him started, get him working. You know, we could, we could have a great, great future ahead of us with that guy here if he's able to get here and really adjust and 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 continue what he's doing right now in high school. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And any kind of questions that any of these services or anybody had about DJ Lagway's ability should be answered by now. This and once again, I I, I saw the social media responses to some of his highlights. Oh well, look at who he's playing against. Who look at who he's playing against. He plays in the top classification in Texas. He's not out there playing at a private school against other private schools. He's he's playing big dogs. Now, I'm not saying every one of these teams is good. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at at, at the high school level. You're going to play some teams that aren't good. But guess what great players do against teams that aren't good? Put up big old stat lines and sit out the second half and let their teammates play. And that's what DJ's doing. So, you know, kudos to him for just taking his game to the next level. Um, you know, insert the Jordan meme here. He, he took that personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's talk a little recruiting, guys. Um, obviously, we knew Jeremiah Smith was coming to the game before before Saturday. That popped up that he'd be in town. But we got some other surprise visitors now. This may be, you know, good, good, bad, and different. It may not matter one bit or another, but it does speak volumes to me that these that these guys showed up. Jarek uh, Gibson showed up from IMG. Now, a lot of people just said IMG was off. He was just coming to hang out because he didn't have anything else to do, and that very much could be so. Um, didn't hear anything out of his visit. Didn't hear, you know anything out of his visit the weekend before when he came with the, with a group of IMG kids to the Tennessee game. So that may well be the case. He, he may just be bored coming to hang out, you know, um, but came, but who came with him? Texas commitment, uh, Dontre Robinson. Now, obviously we know that that young man came down to Florida and Texas a few, a, a month or so back and ended up committing to the Longhorns. A lot of people felt like he was coming to the Gators, um, but he committed to Texas. Young man stayed late into the night talking with Coach Napier and company while standing on the field with Jeremiah Smith and the other surprise visitor that was a very last minute, oh, guess who showed up? 
um, FSU five-star commitment, Charles Lester, the cornerback there out of Florida. Um, this is kind of a big deal, guys. I mean, I'm not going to say sit here and say we need to be on flip watch about this. But any time that you have prospects of this of this stature come to your game. Now, yes, I know Florida State was out of, out of state. I, I understand that. Um, but this is a kid. Charles Lester is a guy that hasn't really even been on our radar up until this point. And now he is told – uh, I know he told the boys over at on three and some of the other guys that now Florida will get an official visit sometime later on this season. Once again, I don't want to go too deep into this and be like, oh, should should we start to uh, kind of watch this? But it once again really speaks to the staff's efforts in recruiting that, you know, well, we've been sitting here saying for a while, well, we're at sitting at, you know, this amount of kids and we only have McCray, Mincy, Seaton and a few others left over and, and, you know, so, and then all of a sudden you have these guys show up to, to a game versus Charlotte when you just seemingly don't think anything's going on. CJ, I'm going to throw it to you, man. Do you take anything out of these kids making this visit? Should, should anybody really Um, put any salt into this? There's a few of them that, that I don't think you should put a lot of stock into. I don't think you should put a lot of stock into Jarrett Gibson. Um, I, the kids visited a hundred times. I don't think it really mattered. I think it's just a thing for him to do. Um, Deontre Robinson, from what I understand, is another guy to really not consider very heavily. And I know that's kind of surprising. He's a kid out of Orlando, but uh, you know, I, I think that you know, what went on with the the Texas Florida commitment a while back is kind of soured some folks uh, within the program on him. Um, Charles Lester is an interesting one. Because, again, that was a kid that really wasn't on our radar at all. He was one of the top defensive back prospects, but nobody had really ever seen him visit here. There wasn't any talks between us. I think now that the, the defensive backboard is kind of where it's at, they take you take a stab at it. You know, why not? What do you got to lose? I think he was talking about uh, official visit in December, which would be really good. That's post the season. You know, these the coaches don't really want – kids to do official visits within the games because they want to be able to focus on them a little more. Um, you know, when they're there, they don't want to focus on the kids. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to do that when you're game planning. So, um, you know, that's something to definitely look out for, for sure. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, rain on anybody's parade here and, and it definitely recruiting can change overnight. This could change tomorrow morning. You know, recruiting is, is very, hot and cold it changes a lot and that's one of the hardest parts about following it is you know kids change their mind on a whim um coaches change their mind so we'll see where it's going to take you but charles lester is definitely one that's really interesting to me um i still you know my gut still tells me he's going to hold firm with with florida state i think you know florida state is his team he grew up a florida state fan um you know that's that's where where he'd like to go um they're winning you know that doesn't hurt you know, I mean, everybody says, you know, uh, when winning and losing doesn't matter. And that might be true for some kids, but other kids it really does. They want to see uh, see you win. They want to go to winning programs. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, the way the defense is going with us, uh, we, we, we've got freshmen all over the field that are getting a lot of playing time in the secondary, especially. That might speak a lot to a guy like Charles Lester. That might make him think, hey, you know, this 
this might be an opportunity for me. You know, you look at, you know, the complete opposite of Florida State, where a lot of the kids that they've recruited really don't see the field a lot right now. Um, they kind of have to wait their turn. Um, so, you know, it, that, that might come into play. You know, again, I, I think it's good. Um, you know, recruiters recruit. They don't stop recruiting. ABC, always be recruiting. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, good for them. Uh, you know, the staff has done a lot of great things. I'm not saying this in a negative light. I'm just saying we're, we're late in the game. We've got guys that are already committed, three guys that are already committed. You know, flips are hard to get, um, especially when you when coaches know that you went and visited and you're committed to them because they're going to call you. I'm sure every one of those young men got phone calls from their respective schools that they're committed to uh, after, after this weekend. So we'll see what happens. But uh, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, start to put everybody on flip watch yet. Wes, what is your take about, about these young men back on campus? Um, Word on the street was Jeremiah Smith was very happy with the things that he saw and what he heard from coach Napier. Um, The student section, held up a big banner similar to how they did with DJ Lagway that said Smith to the swamp. Um, the, ki- the kid keeps making visits. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it several times. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can ask. Um, Ricky had a good showing as well. Uh, you know, I'm a, Bill, uh, a believer in Billy Gonzalez as far as a developer of whatever the talent he has. He has it probably ever had a talent uh, besides Percy Harvin uh, as the caliber of uh, Jeremiah Smith. And I wanted to see Wilson uh, or uh, Mizell or Gene show and um, show uh, Smith that freshmen are going to play the same thing that CJ was alluding to in on the defense. We, we see Castell. Castell's getting played of the weeks. This is enticing to, I don't care if you play the D-line, linebacker, or DBs. It's enticing. Okay. They had a former five-star that was uh, recruited a couple years ago. They brought in somebody from another school that had a whole lot of experience, but they're still playing Castell. Like, he – they didn't, like, backseat him and say, wait your turn. Like, he's the best player, so they played him at safety. So, to Lester, that shows him that, hey, if I'm I'm that dude, I'm going to play. Jason Marshall may leave. Uh, There's Devin Moore on the other side. I may play. Um, Jakeem Jackson has his, you know, freshman struggles, whatever. Who knows who might develop in the year two? I'm making come in here uh, with Corey Raymond and start. So, to me, that 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 that's that's what you want to see with Jeremiah. You see Eugene Wilson getting touches. Uh, Trey Wilson, excuse me, he doesn't want to call Eugene. Trey Wilson. He saw Andy Jean get a touch after the, you know the, the the things with his knee. He sees Boardingham getting in on the offense. Uh, he sees Mertz. Uh, not having the AR type 40%, 50% completion percentage, but 70 and 80%. I know we'll probably get into this later, but we want to see more uh, deep things, uh, deep threats going on. And there's some rumors going around uh, as far as uh, the offensive is concerned. But he saw Ricky have a 100-yard night. He saw Ricky make this spectacular catch. So he saw some things with offense uh, that as far as the receiver position, not only that night, but he saw – uh, a true freshman on the field, and on one series had six touches. You know what I mean? Like, Trey against Tennessee had six touches on the first series. He didn't play anymore after that, but he had six touches for, like, 50-something yards on, on series one as a true freshman in a big-time game that we needed to win. And and we saw he saw him get involved. No matter how he touched the ball, he touched the ball. So um, I think all that is important. Uh, I'm with TJ on Gibson. 
Uh, we all know the rumors there as far as uh, who's handling what I still, and I'll say this here, I said it in some message boards. I don't think that he wants to go to Texas, uh, but I don't think he he's controlling where he wants to go, if that makes sense. Um, but um, I loved it. I always love when you got big time players on campus. We may have uh, questions about Billy on offense, but we don't have those recruiting questions about him because uh, he is one of the uh, he is somebody we needed as far as to get our recruiting where it is now. Yes, sir. So future recruiting uh, dates to keep in mind as of right now. Obviously, the Vanderbilt weekend. Um, Jordan Seaton is planning on being here for that weekend. I would not be surprised if Mr. Lagway came back into town for that game. Um, I'm not, I haven't heard that confirmed yet. Don't quote me on that. Don't say Hirsch said Lagway's coming for Vandy. I'm saying it would not surprise me given the, the, the dialogue that Seton and Lagway have had back and forth. Um, you bring a big guy, you know, a big target on campus like that. Every quarterback needs, needs a big tackle. They've had this conversation on social media. It would not surprise me one bit if DJ found a way to get to town to be here when Seton's here and probably be some other guys pop up between now and then too. Um, the other weekend that they're really setting it up to be another good recruiting weekend is Arkansas weekend. Um, I know that they've got a bunch of 25 kids they're talking to about coming that weekend. Obviously that's black uniform weekend. So the depending on how we, what the record is coming into that, it should be a real hyped up weekend. I mean, regardless of what happens in Jacksonville, the fan base has been clamoring for the black uniforms forever. So I would imagine that the hype will be really high that weekend, you know, and it's armed forces appreciation weekend as well that, that built something Billy brought with him from um, Louisiana. So that should be a really good setup for a really good recruiting weekend as well. So we'll just have to see where we are by then. One more recruiting nugget. Um, if you didn't see it on social media yesterday, we had posted it to our Twitter page that Zay Mincy announced that he will commit at the Army All-American game January 6th in San Antonio. Obviously, that's not something we would like to hear right now. Um, you know, we'd like to hear him say, no, nah, you know, we, we'd like him just to commit and not give us a date. But here we are. It's that young man's choice. Not a whole lot you can do about that. Uh, I saw that LJ McCray had done an interview with uh, Josh Newberg on On3, and he said he would be committing in late October sometime after his birthday, but not on his birthday is what he said in the interview. So. Take that for a grain of salt as well. Like we said, the Gators feel very good where they stand with L.J. McRae. He's still going to take a visit to, to Florida State. You're, you're kind of sitting here with your fingers crossed, hoping that between now and that commitment date, he doesn't take another visit to, to Athens as well. Um, you just got to keep recruiting. Like C.J. said, man, ABC, you got to always be recruiting. And, and that's what the boys are doing, as you can tell by the fact that you've still just got these names showing up week in and week out. All right, guys, let's jump out of recruiting and let's talk a little Kentucky versus Florida this weekend. Boy, we need a win over these guys right here. Let's let's just talk about it. Um, what, this is a monkey we need to get off our damn back. Some good news that just popped up while we're on the air, and I'm going to go ahead and just cover this while we're talking. The depth chart just dropped. 
Trey Wilson is starting on on the and not on the injury report. Kingsley is starting and not on the injury report, and that's a big deal because as of yesterday, it still was kind of 50-50 from what all I had read that you know Billy was still just kind of taking it, but that's why you don't play him against Charlotte. That right there is exactly why you let him get healthy. You you got a you got a great game out of him versus Tennessee. Now you bring him back for a for a game against Kentucky that you really need on the road, especially you need your starting center on the road. Um, two wonderfully welcomed additions back to the depth chart. Um, notables, you know, as far as the rest of the depth chart goes, Dante Zanders is listed as out. So is Tony Livingston. So we're still kind of thin at the tight end position. Uh, obviously it was really nice to see Arles Boardingham get out there on the field and Grant not only score the touchdown and kudos to our man CJ for up, for having that video he uploaded to Twitter from the stands of Arles scoring his first touchdown, but he was in the game for, for quite a many plays. And if you watch any of the breakdowns, he was, they had some very good designs for that young man on some deep seam routes and other routes where he was, he was getting separation from his wide receivers. And that's just a matter of time of, of Graham establishing more of a rapport with him and being more comfortable with him being on the field. Um, Marcus Burke is listed as questionable, as is uh, uh, Thai Bowman is is once again listed as questionable. But Trey is listed at the starter wide receiver, man. This is welcome news, boys. We, we need all the weapons we can get for this game. Um, you have to think that Mark Stoops watched that tape of of us versus Charlotte and kind of was like, oh, I can stop these guys. Uh, you know, he he likes to scheme up a good defense for us. But CJ, was that? I know you've had a chance now to watch the game, the, the tape probably a little bit. Was was it? The results weren't as bad as they were in person, were they? No, 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 no. When you <clears throat> when you look at it, and I said this going going home, it's like you, you turn a couple of those field goals in the red zone into touchdowns, and we're not even having a conversation. We're not worried about it. Um, they tried a lot of stuff, a lot of new stuff. I think there was a lot of things in there um, that that we had not seen. A lot of rollout stuff, trying to you know get the get the deep shot. I, I think that. That was a lot of the the issues we had was just trying to get something deep down the field, and not having your offensive line at full strength, um, you know, is is hard to do. And then you look at um, Coach Pogey from Charlotte, you know, really made an emphasis on Charlotte after getting destroyed by Georgia State, um, specifically up front that they were not going to do that again. And the man's a good coach. He's done a good job with Charlotte. Charlotte's won a lot of games with him. Um, and I think he really kind of got them ready to play this, especially their D-line. And and that's just – it happens, you know. Uh, you you got to get out of the other side of it. I've seen I've seen it happen a million times. That the main thing is just to win. Um, get out of there. Get out of there with a win. You know, sometimes you don't play your best game in the world. But, you know, at the end of the day, you should be able to just out-talent them and win. I, I don't, the score was much closer, I think, than the game should have been. Like I said, with all the trips we took down in the red area um, was, was, you know, like I said, you take a couple of those field goals, you turn them into touchdowns. We're probably not having this conversation. Um, we did find one thing. We got our kicker, which was really good by Trey Smack. Glad to see him out there finally doing his thing. 
Um, you know, there was, I think, you know, people, people kind of forget when he did first get here, he was kind of sketchy early on. Uh, you know, a lot of people called for where, where's smack. He's the, the scholarship kicker, but I remember early on for the first spring game, Trey was kind of sketchy and Mahalik actually was kind of a little more impressive, um, you know, for, for last year when he first got here. So I understand what the, the thinking might've been for a little while, but Trey smack really, you know, established that it's kind of. <laughs> it's kind of like so. I think somebody mentioned it. It's um, kind of Billy's response to a lot of the times, like the fans' criticism, and he'll respond specifically to that piece of criticism of, uh, "Oh man, we can't kick field goals," and then you go kick five field goals, or we watch the um, the spring game. You know, everybody all all season, oh, we don't have a defense, and then we see nothing but defense in the spring game. It just kind of feels like he's he's set up to really identify and show that he identifies the problems. And speaking of the defense. They were phenomenal. Um, you saw they saw two different quarterbacks with two three. different skills, three different three different quarterbacks with three different skill sets. Uh, dominated all of them. Um, you know, sometimes like when Jalen Jones got in there, it was kind of you had to adjust because he was going to run a different thing. They ran like a speed option kind of offense with him. Um, it, they got a couple of nice runs on us, but the defense again held held strong. You know, figured that out. They're doing they're doing very good. With that, we saw a lot of good stuff. We saw some good stuff from from Princely. We saw some good stuff from uh, Mr. Bryce Thornton, freshman safety, a guy that was a three-star that I don't think anybody was very high on coming out of high school, but now he's here, and I think he's going to see a lot more snaps. Um, you know, he had seven seven tackles on the 26 plays that he's played, which is really good for him. He had a sack. Um, you know, the that's a really good job by him. Uh, there was a lot of really good stuff, like I said, that we saw um, from these guys, the, the defensive line, the linebackers. Um, so that that was kind of the main thing was to get some things ironed out. You took a week where you were playing Charlotte, and it's just kind of an emotional letdown. It's that game in the middle. Um, you don't, you know, you, you have this, oh, we got to get really high up, you know, to play Tennessee. Then you play Charlotte, and you're like, eh. And then you got to play Kentucky. So you're kind of looking ahead to – um, and I think that was a lot of it. And Billy kind of alluded to that all week was just like, you know, trying to get these guys focused to play Charlotte. It's hard because, you know, it's a team that you should dominate. But looking back on it, like I said, if you watch the game, you really understand all the different factors that, that you're working with. Um, I think for all intents and purposes, I think we played pretty well. And I don't think the score is an indicative of how good we are or aren't. To me, going back and watching it and then really kind of watching the film and then watching the, the people that were in the game from an early – I'm talking from from Series 1, it was almost like we played that game like a glorified, you know, scrimmage that counted for better – you know, which is what every game is. But, but uh, like you said, a lot of things being worked on, a lot of young guys in from the jump. I mean, Kelby Collins was in from, like, the first series. Uh, and Andy Jean was in early. Bo- boarding hand. I mean, you know, just lots of young guys. And Nick Delatore, you know, that does great work all over media, uh, social media and, and platforms for Gator Nation, uh, put out a stat about how many kids of the freshmen that came in that have already burned their red shirt for this season. And it's extremely high. It's like 12 out of the 21 guys have already burned their redshirt eligibility. And that's not, you know, obviously that doesn't include someone like Roger Kearney. I would doubt Mizell has, cause we haven't seen him that much. 
you know, and just a few others, but these kids are playing and they're playing a lot of meaningful, meaningful. They're playing a lot of early game snaps in these games. So time to move on. Wes, I want to jump to you. Not about Charlotte, because, like, you know, I wanted to get CJ's perspective. He was in the stands for that game, and then he went home and watched it on tape. What do you want to see this week? I mean, just out the gate versus Kentucky. What do you want to see us try to do to, to move the chains and get in the end zone versus Kentucky? Well, to your last point uh, of, of the question you asked me, the moving the chains hasn't been the problem. I want to see us convert in the red zone. Uh, to me, that has uh, been an issue. And I don't mind uh, playing to our defense because our defense has been elite. This is kind of reminding me of the Muschamp slash post Will Greer era uh, where the defense has been elite, but we can't put up enough points to give them hope. Or my, my fear is we leave them on the field too much and they tire down. I remember when Will Greer left and – that elite defense that we had against Florida State tired down against Alabama in the SC Championship game uh, with uh, Davis and uh, Marcus May and Keanu Neal and those guys, they got tired. And that's my fear. So I'm hoping that but, – but the difference is this offense is actually moving the ball. It's not Treon Harris back there. Uh, he's, I think, uh, merged 70% all four games, if I'm not mistaken. That's some kind of record. That he's per, uh, his completion percentage is 7%. So it, to me, it's converting in the red zone. Now, to see this point, I did like to see Smack uh, get those reps. You know, you guys know I'm a, I'm a rep guy. Uh, you can't uh, practice it, you, you can't uh, emulate it in practices. It has to be live, and you have to put guys out there to see what they're going to do. Uh, so to see Smack convert those field goals, to me, is, is good. Uh, to, to do it at home. So I, I love that part of it. But we have to convert in the red zone. We moved the ball um, ever since Utah. We moved the ball. Magnet State, we moved the ball. Tennessee, we moved the ball. Uh, against Charlotte, we moved the ball. We just got bogged down against them in the red zone where we had to end up selling field goals. So uh, we, I don't know if Billy's basic offense where we don't show a lot is enough. Um, Trevor, Trevor Etienne only got like eight carries in the game. To me, that could be well, I don't really want to get this, this guy's. Is is this guy's Ricky and Trey Wilson? I need Trevor those. to add to that, and I and I heard this today, and I wanted to add to this point because I knew it was going to get brought up. Um, Trevor was banged up after the Tennessee game. Yeah, he, he may not have shown it. You may not have heard it, but Trevor took a beating in that Tennessee game. So, in NBA fashion, <laughs> you know, load management is a thing. And I know everybody wants to see Trevor get 15, 20 carries a game. But you don't need to see him do that against Charlotte. You exactly. know what he brings to the table. Exactly. And that's <laughs> where I'm at. And I know Billy probably wished we could have blown the game out and then Treon uh, got like the next 15 to 20 to 30 carries in the second half. Or it's from the second quarter on, and you can say, Trevor, hey, Trevor, I think we went into the game saying that uh, my Trevor kind of was banged up going into the game. So I'm pretty sure Billy wished Treon – could have played from the, the second half of the second quarter to the rest of the game if he could have had it his way. But it didn't work out that way. And I'm not upset because I know we're going to need those guys against Kentucky. Maybe against Vandy. We'll talk about them next week. But maybe you can, uh, again, you may be able to rest those guys and get, get up South Carolina because you're going to South Carolina. 
and it's going to be hell in South Carolina. So maybe you can do what you can do against Kentucky, pull us out, rest those guys against Charlotte, beat Kentucky, got Vandy at home, maybe get up ahead, hopefully, against Vandy where you can rest Treon and Montreal again and get get them geared up for South Carolina. I'm, I said Travis. You said Trey Treon. <laughs> but you guys get what I'm saying. So yeah. um, but for the defense, uh, we have more pressure. I love that. I love the pressure from the defense, but I still need more turnovers. Uh, I'm harping on that because I feel like you can be a top five defense, but what makes you special is the turnovers. That's how you impact the game on the defense side of the ball. Uh, we, I, I don't think uh, Charlotte threw the ball enough for us to get those picks. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kentucky's going to throw a little bit more, uh, but I want to see my boy Castell uh, hopefully get his first pick this week uh, to put him out there. Uh, Marshall, Moore, Kimbrough. Those guys have been uh, elite. Shamar's had a great game. Uh, love Scooby and what he does. Uh, Wingo even had a great game last week. Wingo was blocking passes and all kinds of stuff. So I saw him last. So it's good to see him and just good to see the young guys like Cersei and uh, Kelby Collins on the D-line. Cam Jackson is a freaking monster. So I'm glad we got him. I know Kentucky's going to try to run the ball. I said they're going to pass too. Uh, hopefully we can put them uh, in long down position uh, situations where they have to – where it's like third and eight. Don't want any short things. I want third and eights, third and nines, third and twelves, third and sevens, that type of thing. Don't want to see third and threes where the offense can kind of dictate uh, what they want to do to you. So uh, I love our defense. I don't really have anything to say about our defense. Just want our offense to convert in the red zone. Yeah. Um. Let's 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 get and talk about Kentucky and what they bring to the table real quick. Uh, obviously, they they. Vandy let me down. I picked Vandy to beat Kentucky last week. I thought Vandy's offense would put up more of a fight than they did, and that's what I get for believing in the doors. But in that game, let's 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 talk a little bit about what did happen in that game, not just the final score. Um, Kentucky did a lot on defense on that game. They put up forty-five points, but it's a very <laughs> it's it's fooling that how they put it up. Uh, Turnovers, you know, turnovers will, will turn any game on its head. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about Leary. And, and a lot of guys, when Leary was in the portal, you know, a lot of Florida fans, it is what it is, were like, hey, maybe we should give Leary a try. And we had talked about it on this show. Leary's coming off of a, of a tear in his shoulder, wasn't going to be ready for the spring. So this is a guy that's still kind of going through the paces of his offense. He only had 200 yards passing versus Vandy and two two picks, um, and was 15 to 29, almost almost 50 percent passing against Vandy. He's not he's put up a lot of passing yards, but he's already got five interceptions on the season, and you know, and they have not played anybody but Vandy. <laughs> they played Akron. They were in a uh, they were in a slugfest with Eastern, uh, I believe it was East, either Eastern Carolina or Eastern Kentucky. Um, I'm looking that up while I say that, you know, because got to know, yeah, it was Eastern Kentucky. Like they're not, they have some good receivers. They have a decent running back, but the one thing that we have that we didn't have last year when we played Kentucky and Will Levis, who I think despite Will Levis's shortcomings is a better quarterback than Leary is we didn't have a defense that played as sound as our defense is this year. That's flying to the ball. That's making tackles on first contact. Um, which is very, 
much needed when you play a, a team that's physical like Kentucky that usually has a good offensive line that will that you know will just lean on you a little bit, run the football. Now, what we need to do, what we need to find, and I'm hoping Armstrong, this is where we're going to really see some more about Coach Armstrong. Obviously, we saw what his game plan was for Tennessee, but this is a whole another thing. You're playing a guy that's not going to run on you. Larry is not a runner. Uh, like you, like Joe Milton has the ability to do, even though he didn't so much do, you know, do it to us. Uh, we had our problems with Jalen Jones on designed runs. Larry is not going to run. So this is where you can really send the pressure on this guy. And it's going to be really interesting to me to see what kind of game plan Coach Armstrong has drawn up and disguise his pressures and where they're coming from and where all and who all he sends because if you notice, he'll you know the pressure can come from anywhere, and that's what you want to do is have this guy on his toes. Once again, I, I think it's the same game plan almost that we had for um, for Tennessee: stop the run and let and make this guy beat you with his arm. Because I just I don't see it in the guy. Make make him. You got to make me believe on the, on this. So. <clears throat> Stop, stop, sell out on this run early and often. Stop the run. Make this man have to throw into coverage and let these young guys in this in the coverage show you what they can do. Um CJ, what what do you think the game plan as far as as offense will go? And you know, and you can expand a little on defense. Uh, the only thing I want to say to defense is is uh under pressure, Leary's completion percentage almost cuts in half. It's actually maybe a little below half. He's not very good under pressure uh, throwing the football. You're going to have to get in his face and, and really pressure him. And if you do that, I, th- I think you can force him into some bad passes. He's already had a few. Um, you know, th- and that's the main thing. You're going to have to do that. If you, if you, you know, if you get into, you know, if you can't make them, you know, you can't force turnovers, I'm afraid it's going to be kind of a long night or at least get them off the field pretty fast. Um, you want to be able to get your offense the ball as much as you can. Um, offensively, again, it's kind of the same idea. You just want to do what you did against Tennessee and really control the time of possession. Um, the way this team wins, the way it plays the best, is to get a lead and hold it. And that's kind of the whole idea behind Billy Napier's offense, is to uh, hurry up, get a lead, and then hold that lead. So, that's that's the main thing is you're going to have to just be really, really adamant on having the football, holding the football, um, running the football. You know, using your backers to your your excuse me, your running backs to your advantage. You've got two guys now; they're fresh. Um, we look at the the rushing numbers for Florida this season. They're not they're not the best in the world. Uh, you know, is you know as much as I think we all thought they would. Aside from the Tennessee game, which was the one game where you had your offensive line as a complete unit. Um, you know, you look at the other games we played, Utah, they weren't all together. Um, you know, you played McNeese and McNeese, we did a great job, but it's McNeese. Uh, but the one real game you look at when you when you play Tennessee, that was the game that the offensive line was a complete unit. And no shock to us, that was the game that the running game did the best. So that's that's where you're going to be, you know, you're going to make your money. You've also got Trey Wilson coming back this week, who is a massive addition to this offense because of the stuff that he can do um, in the backfield on the screen game. 
Uh, you split him in the slot. You can put him out wide. You can put, you know, you can line him up on the line if you want to. Uh, there's just a bunch of stuff you can do, um, you know, especially with all the pre-stat motion we use, uh, you know, and, and people complain about the pre-stat motion a lot. But uh, I saw a chart, you know, the most prolific offenses in the NFL right now are the teams with the most pre-snap motion because it, it, it doesn't allow the defense to get set. It, it makes them have to completely complete, uh, keep making checks and things like that. So that that's what we're going to continue to do. And I think, like I said, Trey Wilson is going to give you a massive advantage um, against this Kentucky defense because of the things that he can do as a, as a gadget player. Yeah, and let's not forget – We've only seen the offense with Trey Wilson at full, you know, at full bore for one series. And we were moving the ball all over the field. <laughs> um, now, granted, when you do that, you you put him in a position to take hits and hopefully he'll be okay. Hopefully that was just a one-time thing. Like we had mentioned, he had he had, had a collarbone injury injury last year in high school. Hopefully this was just a deep bruise and I, everything's good to go. But um Man, if, if if you got that for an entire game, Trey Wilson stays healthy, and you can run that for an entire game, it can really loosen up so many different aspects of the offense. And and because we only got to see it in such a limited frame, you don't really think about that. That then the next thing you know, he's going in that motion, guys are falling over, and then you backdoor Trevor or something the other direction, you know, and it's just all. That's a lot of weapons. Ricky, Trey, Boardingham now, now that you know what he can do, um, that's a lot more to scheme for than we've had in the last couple of years in my eyes. I mean, since since Tony and Pitts and all those guys were here, we haven't had what you would call a, a wealth of offensive weapons to do different things with. Now, I, obviously we got to see us do the right things in the right spots, you know, when we get into the red zone, maybe not just run a dive with Montreal twice in a row and then put ourselves in a third and long where we're having to, and then running a downhill screen. You know, <laughs> um, offensive line obviously will have to do their job. Yes, we do have some slow developing routes out there, but if given three seconds to pass the ball, some of those routes, if you watch the film breakdowns, are coming open. But Graham doesn't have time to have his feet set to make that throw because he's having to, to to get out of dodge because pressure's coming off the end or right up the middle, you know, where you don't have your starting center or things like that. Um, a lot of things could, could really look different if this offense can stay healthy for more than one series of play. Wes, do you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, the thing that I love about Grant Mertz uh, is he doesn't turn the ball over. When you have a defense the way that we have the defense that we have and we love, I know we all love our defense and how solid they play. If he hasn't put the ball – I mean, he had the interception against Utah, which we kind of didn't put on him. We thought Ricky should have got out of his break earlier. But he hasn't turned the ball over. He's eating it, getting yards, or throwing the ball away. That's all you can ask for as a quarterback. The best thing to enter series is a kick. I don't care if you punt. I don't care if you kick a field goal, an extra point. That's how you want to end a series. And he's putting our defense in the in a situation where they're not, we're not turning the ball. Now we had to fumble Douglas, and I love Douglas. You were speaking of our receivers. I love Douglas in one-on-one. If I give if it's a jump ball or a fade route, he compliments 
Ricky, Trey, he compliments them well because he's a hands guy. And that that he reminds me of T Higgins. I was in a group chat that I was telling uh, some of my guys about. We were talking about. I love the way T Higgins catches the ball and, and like ha- he did that, and the DB just he's, got his hand. In. He's a hands catcher. He's a lot he's more got- like shorter was in the last. You know, a big physical guy that could, possession receiver. And yes, you're right. You, you have Ricky. You have the orbit motion guys. You have the yeah. the speed and space guys. It's nice to have that guy that's a possession receiver. That that's you going can to catch the ball with his hands, exactly. especially when you run as many hitch route, you know, and curl routes as we run. That's, a, that's a big, good big yeah. body target to have. Include and, and Jackson is is good at it as well. Yeah, so. Jackson has good hands too. He uses his hands well. So, so I mean, I, yeah. I, I the, the the offense when people came to the season saying, "Hey, I don't know, we had the receivers." Jackson is a hands guy. If it's any facility, I, I trust Jackson. I trust Douglas. Trust Trey. I trust Ricky. It's not the receivers. I, 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 we want to see more from our offense as far as scheming things. Like we want to see guys not have to well, win more. We want to see like why. Like I know people go back to the Spurrier days, and, and to me that that was the most fun offense that ever been. With guys like, how is he wide open? It's a blown coverage. I want to see more blown coverage type things. Well, seeing our guys have to win that way. But 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 I I love I love our receivers I love our backs I love Bordenham we need more depth behind Bordenham we need more uh, athletes across the board on offense and that's what I was about to say especially at the tight end position because it's Bordenham and a cast of of, of yeah. average Joes you know yeah, a Jags bunch of Jags <laughs> you know and at I the think- tight end position and I, I like I like the the uh, what's it um Hanson I really like that young man he's yeah. a great blocking tight end. Um, that's all you need from that. That's all you need from him because Bordenham will be your possession receiver. And we didn't say this yet, but we get three fifths of our line back. We get our center back, Keenan's back. We get a right guard back. Mazuka will be back. Play. George played in the second half of the game, but at that point, it was yeah. just kind of like yeah. whatever. Um, so, so we get all those guys back as well. Th- there's a lot of things that you know we can play the what if game all day long, but. Um, I just heart back to what I said right before you made your points about if we could see this offense play healthy for an entire game, I'll be very interested to see what they put on paper. And I'm and I'm throwing Utah out the out the book. Like I know people, some people, well, we didn't have Kingsley for Utah. Uh, Trey was just kind of getting his feet wet. So throw Utah out the whole book. I think the whole team was just not even mentally. Like, oh, my God, you know, it just wasn't there yet. I think what you saw the first half of the Tennessee game is what this team is really supposed to look like. Now, granted, yes, we still need some more athletes. We need some more tight ends desperately. Um, Jackson can't get here soon enough out of this class. I'd really like to see us add another one through the portal possibly just because we need another guy. I, I love Odom. I think he gives it his all. But, my God, man. <laughs> I, Jake, I don't know if you guys remember remember Jake McGee when he was here with uh Will yeah 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 Somebody absolutely like that a possession type receiver that you could depend on that knows stuff I, and I but I also re- realize that Billy requires more than you know just running routes from his tight ends as well they, they, they're ever they're heavy blockers yes. in his offense and they have not, to they have it's to not make, the sexiest offense for a tight end to want to come play in but and I think that kind of holds us the early part of the season, we we chronicled how 
if we could see Borningham get those drag routes with I tell you, the first couple of games, they've been getting but he touches. doesn't and he doesn't run a lot of those routes. He runs a lot more of the he's split yeah. out in a lot of his routes. But, yeah. but yes, to that fact, if you can get a secondary tight end on the field that can do a chip block and then exactly. drag out in and space. actually get up field when he catches the ball without him looking <laughs> like he's he's dragging his Lumber. leg behind him. Lumber. And I'm and I'm telling you, hey, I'm nothing negative about Odom. The man is playing off of an injury that I've had myself, and he's making things happen with it. So, so great for him. He's he's selling. You know, he's putting his body on the line for the team. It's a great teammate. Guys, let's let's just get to it, man. Um, obviously, you know, Kentucky weeks always never goes the way we think it's going to go. But CJ score prediction: Florida versus Kentucky. 31-20, Florida. Woo, 31 points. 31-20. I, I think I'm 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 giving them some confidence this week. Let's 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 open it up. Let's see what happens. All right. Wes, what do you think? 27-13. 27-13. I like that thought. Florida, by the way. Oh, oh no. The hype man the hype man had to had to tell us. Yeah, I had to make sure the fans knew it was Florida. Um I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say something just off the wall. I'm gonna it, it, score a gummy here. Score a gummy me. Score a gummy <laughs> <laughs> because it's Florida and our special teams can't be counted on to put up a num a regular number. Um, put me on the board for something weird, man. Twenty five seventeen Gators win in a in a in a game that probably starts real slow because we never seem to do really well out the gate on a noon game. Um especially on the road. So, you know, more excuses. I know somebody's, you know, like, but Hey, let's get that Kentucky monkey off our back. The best thing about, you know, as urban used to say, the best thing about three and one, the opportunity to go to four and one and so on and so on. Let's keep this thing rolling guys. All right, guys, it's that time of the week again, weekly pickums. Ooh, CJ had a good week last week, man. Eight and two for CJ last week. Damn Notre Dame put ten players on the damn field, or I would have went nine and one. Chris Couch sending in the play calls. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna to send him to Notre Dame. He, he right <laughs> in up there. Me and Wes followed up with a seven and three effort. Both of us. And that puts us on the year. Hurst twenty eight and eleven, and CJ and Wes both coming in at twenty five and fifteen. Three games behind. Hmm. We just keep on keeping on, boys. That's all we have to do here. All right. This week's slate of games, not quite as sexy as last week's, but we found 10 quality football games, and we're going to do our best to give our opinions. Guys, as always, I urge you, don't put your hard-earned money on any picks that we put on the table. We're just three average guys just, just trying now, to get some laughs. Go ahead and put your parlay down on my picks. And <laughs> Millions but didn't you go like four and six the week before? <laughs> exactly. You got to trust me. <laughs> Not this week, Google. Trust you. Next trust week. me, babe. All right. Starting it off. Horn Dogs. West Virginia at TCU. West, who you got? Mm-hmm. Both teams three and one on the season. I'm going TCU. All right, CJ. It's putting me in a, a tough spot. This is probably the one that I struggle with the most on the list. Um, 
Yeah. CJ, CJ does his homework, guys, just so y'all know. He actually he does re, he does analytic research. He contacts PFF. <laughs> West Virginia's only loss is to Penn State, who's a really good football team. I told year. you. Give me the Mountaineers. Ooh, on the road. Give me the Mountaineers on the road. He didn't learn the lesson about picking against the Horn Frogs on this podcast. All right, all right. Week number now, game number two. Here we go. Kansas at Texas. CJ. Kansas undefeated. Texas. Oh, okay. Texas. CJ said Texas is back. You weren't gonna even ask me twice. That's all right. They're back. Wes. Kansas is at home, right? I mean, on the road, right? Yes, it is. At, it is at Texas. I'm going with Texas. Did you pick TCU? You pick TCU, right, Hurst? I always pick TCU. Ah, that's my thought. So I just want to. Don't even. I don't even have to say it out loud. It's just given. It's TCU. <laughs> they let me down when I picked them against Colorado. Yeah. I'm a I'm 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 a closet TCU fan. Y'all don't know that, but just, <laughs> I, I like the color purple, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Purple's my favorite color. All right. Utah at Oregon State, boy, those Utes just keep finding a way to get it done. Yeah, they, Oregon State kind of laid an egg on us last week. We all kind of thought Oregon State was going to get it done, and, and the and, and the Cougs blew them out, man. CJ, Utah, they got to keep winning. It makes us look better. There you go, Wes. I'm with CJ, I'm going with Utah. Especially Oregon State did it in Utah. BBC. I got a feeling it's about time for 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 the uh, the man to come back and start playing. He's got he's got to be getting close. But the young freshman out the redshirt freshman looks pretty good in the in the means of it. But, but every week that goes by, we can just say this: that Utah defense was for real, and yeah. and that does make Florida look a little bit better. Even though I know at times in that game we looked inept, but that's a good defense those boys got out there, man. Um, Props to them. Utah for me as well. Let's move on. Oh, oh boy. This, if you haven't heard enough about it already, this week ought to make it even better. USC at Colorado. Wes is, is probably about Williams. to get humbled some more. Yeah, Kelly Williams is the best quarterback I've seen since. Kyle Trask. What? No. There you go. <laughs> since. Probably Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. I, I'll say that. Okay, so USC. Yeah, he's different. CJ, <laughs> I hate to pick against Coach Prime again, but I got to take USC on this one. I, I don't know what the status on Travis Hunter is. Again, without him, even if oh he's, he's out there, for three to four weeks. That's he's what I'm saying. Him. Even without him, it just makes Colorado not as good as I think they could be. All right, boys. Um, USC is going to roll. Uh, I, now, I do think that Colorado might put up a little, some more points this week on on USC's defense. I don't think they've got the defense that Oregon does, but um, I I I hope I don't think um Lincoln Riley is going to be giving any real hyped up speeches like Dan Lanning did, but or con- conferring with the Legion of Doom on how to beat. <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Biggest uh, Sports Conspiracy below. <laughs> no, <just kidding>. yeah. <laughs> All right. Heading over to the ACC country. 4-0 Louisville heads to NC State to play, I believe they're 3-1 NC State Wolfpack. CJ. Give me the, give me the Cardinals. They're rolling, man. 
they are they're they're playing a lot better than I I think I expected this year. Wes, Sam, give me the Cardinals. I said it week one, boys. I said week one. I thought Louisville was sneaky good this year. I picked them too. I'm with you. I was with you all the way. And CJ tried to run Georgia Tech out there on us, like I'm, Georgia I'm, Tech. I'm like sorry, it was, like it was 1990. Georgia, Georgia all over Tech put again. it out there, boy. They were rolling like Paul Johnson was still the coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh oh, I got something out of place right here. Um, Notre Dame at Duke. Oh, CJ's going to be tough on this one, buddy. He's he, he loves some Duke and slandered them early in the year and. <laughs> All right, Wes, who you got in this game? I'm going Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I, I'm struggling with this one because I, I'm no – in the back of my mind, I know Notre Dame has got to be in the mindset of they're back in their corner. They've got to win now. They've lost Ohio State. They cannot lose again if they're, they're trying to make the playoffs. It's, it's a slippery game on and, the road after And after then that. at Duke, it's, it's how, what, how do you respond, right? You got to hit in the mouth. Are you going to be dejected and let, you know, let Ohio State beat you twice? Um, or, or are you going to show up and beat Duke? You know what? I'll do it just because I feel like I want to. Give me the Cinderella. Give me Duke. They take the win. Big win at home. Look at the Give me the Blue Devils. Damn CJ, man. Give me the Blue Devils. Yeah, I think I think I, I got a good belief in Coach Freeman's going to get these boys back up to play, and they out-talent Duke in a slugfest. I, I think it'll be a tight game, though. I think it'll be a pretty fun ball game. All right. Texas A&M. At Arkansas, Arkansas, man, in a slugfest last weekend with LSU, almost after getting beat by BYU, came back and looked really good against LSU. CJ, who are you taking in this one? Was the, well, I saw Wegman went down. Yep. He's out for the season. Max, Max Johnson. Johnson will be the starting quarterback for Texas A&M. I like um, Max Johnson. I like Max Johnson more than I do Wegman. Of course, he always looks like – his dad when he plays us. <laughs> um, they're playing in A&M in College Station. No, sir. They're playing at Arkansas. They're playing at Arkansas. All right. Then give me the Hogs. Pig Suey for CJ. Give me the Sam Pittmans. Oh. I like Max Austin, though. I don't know why I'm betting against him. Man, I don't know. Arkansas is a just a a weird football team. They're hot and cold, man. I'm putting it up there, man. A&M goes on the road and, and beats Arkansas. I wouldn't be surprised. Max Johnson's been waiting for his opportunity here to, to, to lead it. Look for Evan Stewart to have a big day out there. Of course, that now means Jimbo will choke this game away because Jimbo sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Can I, right. switch? Can I switch to Texas A&M? Let me switch. No, I'm, going, I'm going to Texas A&M. I, I like them too, man. I, I, I can't go against Max Johnson. I like Max Johnson. Give me All Max right. Johnson. All right. That, uh, we give you your <laughs> mulligan. He, Wes, Wes flip the flops more than a fish on the bank. I'm going to tell you that right now, man. <laughs> All right. The South's oldest rivalry, guys. UGA heads to the Plains to play Auburn. Wes, who you got? Georgia. CJ, 
Give me Georgia. Auburn can't score any damn points. <laughs> what? God Hugh, Freeze, Hugh Freeze might have Auburn going in the right direction, but it ain't going to be in this game. Mm-mm. Give me give me UGA to, to roll them boys out. Now, now it'll probably up, be a tight game now because I said that. But. No, no, if Hugh Freeze pulls so. it off, I'll dance at his next wedding. Yeah, I hope so. If Hugh Freeze pulls this off, I'll call the hookers from my cell phone. That's before. right. Let's- <laughs> I can get on the phone, baby. We'll take him to Magic City. We'll oh get it going. Goodness. Get him some sweet Lou, <laughs> some sweet Lou lemon pepper I'll take wings him down Magic to Magic City, City Florida and Cafe Risque on me. All right. <laughs> LSU heads to the sit to play Ole Miss. Should be quite the ball game. CJ, who are you going to take in this? LSU. Offensive West? genius Lane Kiffin only steamed up 10 points against Alabama. He's a hired offensive coordinator. West goes with the Tigers. Yeah, man, I, I just this is about the time where everybody got on the lane train for a couple weeks, and then now he begins his descent into being just what he is, and that's Dan Mullen with a Twitter account. Um, just hope he can beat, just, just beat Georgia for me. Uh, that's all I care about. All right, boys. A big-time battle in the SEC East is our final game on the docket. South Carolina goes to Tennessee to take on the Vols. Wes, who you taking? <laughs> I'm going to go with South Carolina. Takes Carolina on the road. CJ? No shot. Tennessee. South Carolina's like 114 in rushing defense. Tennessee's going to run up and down the field on them. Yeah, man. If if this game was was in Columbia, I'd have some I'd have some thoughts about it. But after watching how Carolina played in the swamp last year against the team our team that wasn't that great, I just can't see him going to Tennessee. Even though I don't believe this Tennessee team is is really good. Like you just said, I believe that they'll put up all kinds of rushing yards in this game and they'll get back to just back to basics. Unless Hypo overthinks it and, and you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, no, I'm going to go ahead and pick Tennessee. I hate to pick them, but I just feel like Neyland is the is the neutralizer in that game. Too much of a home field advantage. All right, guys, those are our picks. Your picks may be completely different, and that's fine, but if you want to place money on them, remember Hirsch's picks are right there below. They're, you know, he's he's – Always in the money. <laughs> of course, all CJ's picks are about to hit. Duke's probably about to upset. Notre That's right. Dame. I'm, I'm I'm your bookie. Just just hit me up. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we appreciate it as always. Each and every week, you guys come and hanging out, spending some time with us, listening to our opinions, listening to us ramble on about stuff that you could probably have figured out all on your own. But it's all right, man. It's it's we just like to hang out and talk about Gators football and what's going on. And maybe we enlightened one of y'all today. And if so, then that was that was our goal. Bless you, Wes. <laughs> Wes wanted to share that sneeze with y'all. All right, guys. <laughs> CJ, send it, say, what you got to add? <laughs> uh, just thank you guys so much for supporting us as creators. Uh, great interaction with all of our social media platforms. Uh, you guys seem to love the Arliss Boardingham touchdown. So thank you guys for checking that out. I had a lot of fun recording that. Um, you know, check out our friends, Alma Mater. They're, they're posting. We've had like, you know, two weeks in a row now where we have awesome Jumpman shirts from our players with Ricky catching the football. And they've got one with Graham Mertz with the, the pump fake 
Um, so you check those out. Those are really cool. I want to, they're going to keep doing stuff throughout the season, but those are really cool. And they benefit our, our, our student athletes with the NIL program. So, uh, check those out over there, guys. We really appreciate you, uh, watching, tuning in. Um, you know, a lot of things going on during the football season. You guys have been very supportive, been very active lately. So thank you so much for checking us out on Facebook, Twitter. Um, you know, the YouTube channels continue to grow. So we really, really appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for all of that. As I always say, please just continue to like if you if you're new here, please, if you wouldn't mind just subscribing to the channel. It helps us a tremendous amount and drop a like and leave a comment. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, if you're still here hanging on listening to us, drop a comment down below with your score prediction for the Kentucky game. Wes, send us home before you have an allergy attack. Yeah, not <laughs> not only do we want you guys to put the score for the Kentucky game, but do the picks like we like we did. So uh, absolutely, drop your you know, drop your picks below. You don't have to yeah. pick all ten, but yeah, play along. Get some practice for bowl season. Drop yeah. us or, or just drop us your upset special down below. Something of that nature. Yeah. Your lead pipe locks. Do your Lee Corso. Put your helmet, you know, your yeah. gear on and run around. And like right. CJ said, make sure you check the link. Yeah, check us out. <laughs> Excuse me, Alma Mater. Okay, out now. <laughs> I apologize, but uh, we, we we love you guys. We love the support that you guys have given us. We continue to grow, uh, and we will have the world reaction. Uh, either it might be right after the game. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's a very strong chance we might be doing it Saturday night since we play the early game. So put your notifications on, subscribe, so that way when we drop it, you already have it. So hit the like, hit the notification bell, subscribe. It help us out a whole lot. And then we appreciate you. And to our veterans, I haven't said this in a while. We salute you. We thank you guys for uh, for, for what you do to give us the support we do. I have a lot of members in my family that's uh, gone and still here that serves in the military. So that's that, that's that we love you guys and we appreciate you guys as well. And salute to you guys. Thank you guys uh, for giving us the, this platform. Uh, and as always, go Gators. Go Gators, man. Go Gators, baby. Beat Tennessee, beat Kentucky, not Tennessee. Oh, beat them whoa, too. Whoa. Beat them all. <laughs> I done got lost. Beat them all. Be good, guys. <laughs>